What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another BTR podcast. We're here joined by a very special guest once again. So without a further ado, let me introduce him. He's a soccer player and a soccer coach from Delta, BC. He's also a physio where he works at Sun God Physio in Delta. He was also the physio for the New Zealand women's soccer team. And he's probably more known as now Jasmine Mandare's brother than he is probably his own name. But it's Amr Mandare joining us today. Thank How's you so much. Going? Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure. Was it? Is that true though? Are you more known as Jasmine Mandare's older brother <laughs> now? Or are you still like Amr? <laughs> well, I'd hope to think that uh, I am Amr. I'm Jasmine's older brother. But uh, no, I'm proud of everything she's done and uh, the name that she's... Uh, sort of showcased uh, in our family. So she's done a great job. So I'm proud to be her big brother. Yeah, we'll get into uh, her in a second. But again, this is more focused on you. But, you know, Amr brought the treats for us, ice caps. Bro, I was trying to get away from these. Right <laughs> next to my work, I'm like, okay, I'm not going to take this when I go home. I knew you guys are big uh, ice cap fans, so I had to bring it over. No, yes. no, we appreciate it for sure. Good good wake up from um, the Man United oh, so game. another one yeah. Sun God, Sun God shirt, Sun God physio. <laughs> Um, we're hooking us up already. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're um, one of my patients. I am so. one of your patients, but... <laughs> yeah. Um, one thing with Amr, though, before before we get into the topics was, um, I think after the Derek podcast, and I know you're good friends with Derek, he sent me a WhatsApp message, and this is like, we never really talked. Uh, I know you barely met Joven, but we know you through Derek and Jeevan and his family. And the message you shared to us was like, Keep it up, man. This was this was great. Even though it was like a two-hour podcast, you watched through all of it, and it meant a lot, right? Because like, yes, we, we, don't get me wrong. We have all the support in the world from our family and our friends, but someone we mutually know, which yourself, it was like it was good. Uh, it was like a, definitely like motivation and everything. So we thank you for that. We appreciate that as well. No, absolutely no. It's from the heart. Um, uh, like I said, I grew up with uh, Derek, and um, what you guys are doing—it's—it's it's not only great for our community, great for the Punjabi community. You guys are talking about sports, um, so it's a great initiative. Um, you guys are going outside of your guys's comfort zone, which was uh, great to see. And I'm just proud to be here and uh, look forward to whatever we're going to talk about. All right. So before we get into the your journey, let's—you know—as always, we're going to do some quick fire questions. Um, so, Joven. All right, first off, favorite sport or sports outside of soccer? Hockey. Do you play? I played road hockey growing up. Um, fun fact, I was probably a better road hockey player, a lot of people don't know this, than I was a soccer player. All right, favorite team, Canucks? 100%. Yeah, 100%. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Uh, favorite team growing up, any sports, just name all your sports, whatever it is. Uh, soccer, Manchester United, hockey. Yeah, good job. Um, hockey, obviously, uh, the Canucks. Those are two main sports I follow. Um, in terms of basketball, Steph Curry fan. Um, yeah, those are the main the main two sports I watch are soccer and hockey, uh, religiously. And I play a lot of video games. So on the PlayStation, I have every single FIFA, big FIFA player, um, and NHL. So there's only two games I play. Um, since growing up, I have every game NHL and FIFA from 1998. Isn't how, how cracked is your ultimate team? Game? I don't do ultimate team because now I am a lot older. Yeah. I don't have enough time. I know that ultimate team is very addicting. Yeah. So I stay away from ultimate team. And it's like a scam. Yeah. It's a lot of money. You got to spend a lot of money and time. Um, but I am actually very, very good at FIFA. Were you uh, like, 
isn't it not the same game for you every year type of thing? It's just different rosters. It is. It is. It's a little bit different every year. Um, I was actually ranked number ten in all of Canada. Oh, in uh, so in FIFA e- growing up, esports was a thing for you. Yes, yeah. yeah. So I'm a very very good FIFA player. So I would lose to you if I play you right now. I think so. <laughs> he's yeah. he's good. I'll say yeah, that okay, he's way better yeah. than me. Yeah. Out of like the family uh, cousins, I would say he's like third. Yeah, but yeah. maybe you know, maybe maybe set up a challenge after this. No, absolutely, <laughs> with you absolutely. or Jimin or whoever. The yeah. one we have, we had the late. I stopped playing at FIFA 21. Yeah, right. And I was like, okay, I'm spending too much time on this, and I'm like, <laughs> I need to start, you know, touching grass. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, did you, did yeah. you upgrade to PS5 yet? Or I have PS5. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah we're still on the PS4. Yeah, the EAFC then. I have it, so I got it last week, but I haven't opened it. So that's okay. that's the thing with if if I had Ultimate Team, I'd be playing it too much, and yeah. I wouldn't have focus on. My work, my <laughs> playing, coaching. Yeah. So it'll take a lot of time away from that. But yeah. uh, no, big FIFA player uh, and NHL. Uh, so Yuri cracked the next one, favorite team or other sports. So we'll go favorite player in soccer and in other sports. Yuri said Curry. So if there's any other uh, ones. Cristiano Ronaldo, favorite player of, uh, favorite athlete of all time. All right. Um, favorite food, Punjabi, English, okay. any cuisine. Yeah, no, great question. I believe it or not, I am a foodie. I might not look like it, but I enjoy my food. Um, I would say my favorite food, which I can eat any day, anytime, anywhere, is pizza. I love pizza. Um, Punjabi food. Um, I know you guys talked about this last time. Shahi paneer. I am a big Shahi paneer fan. Um, but it would be garlic naan with butter chicken. Like that is my go-to at any reception. Um, Punjabi food, but uh, if it was my last meal ever, it would be pizza. Yeah, that's the the usual. Yeah, <laughs> this is the, the classic. Usual. Yeah, the classics. Uh, hobby outside of sports. Hobby outside of sports. Um, that's a great question. Sports is my life. Um, I don't know if it's a hobby, but I recently got a new dog. Uh, I've never had a pet in my life in my life ever. So my parents were never for pets. But I recently, like I said, got a dog and it just changed my life. So any time I have now, I want to just spend it with my dog. So I think uh, it's I don't know if it's a hobby, but I do enjoy t- spending a lot of time with uh, with my dog and obviously my family uh, as well. Yeah. Um, favorite movie or movie series? You could give English and Punjabi if you want. OK, I'm not a very big Punjabi movie fan, but uh, favorite movie series of all time is Home Alone. Oh, OK, okay. Home Alone. <laughs> big Home Alone guy. Uh, all, all three. The first three. First three only. First yeah, three yeah, only. First three yeah. only. Um, yeah, big Home Alone. Four was trash. Yeah. Um, I don't have any water. There's watch a five, but my, I don't understand. Yeah, my like, favorite's three. All, all, all three. Yeah. As one, good as one, one two, and three. Yeah, for, all three. Uh, I like all three. Don't get me wrong. If I were to pick one, I don't know why. I just read three the most. Yeah. Two was like the same as one for me, except in New York. That's, yeah. Like that's all it was. But three for me, I don't know why. I just enjoyed that one the most. You know, you know what the best part of Home Alone is? That me and my grandma, my BB, we're watching it, and she's laughing at all the pranks as well. Yeah, as much oh. as I am when I was younger. <laughs> and uh, you can watch it every year. So yeah. every year, you know it's Christmas when Home Alone's on. Yeah, yeah. That, that's when you know it's Christmas time, the holidays. Um, yeah, favorite movie of all time. Uh, favorite TV show. Uh, favorite TV show. I have a few. So um, my favorite series would be. Uh, suits and uh, Prison Break, so it's very difficult for me to decide which, which two. So those are my favorite series, and then reality show um, right now and every year I love watching Amazing Race. 
Oh, hey. I've always wanted yeah. to uh, to do the Amazing Race. Um, Canada. Uh, not Canada. No, I want to do the no. American one. <laughs> the American. only thing is, right now they don't allow Canadians to participate in the American one anymore. So, that's a, so just get so to yeah. So yeah, me and my wife, we wanna we wanna one day compete in uh, the Amazing Race. Yeah, we watch Amazing Race Canada. Yeah, we watch yeah. Canada like, ever, ever since it started. I think we only watched one season of the Amazing Race, the regular one. Yeah, um, but I guess time wise, we didn't want to get a, like too much into it either. Uh, it's great show, but yeah, every I think we've watched all of Amazing Race Canada. All yeah, seasons one to it. It's funny because we're like. Oh, roadblock! Or you're gonna do this one? Yeah, yeah. yeah. And if this next one, and I'm it's not like it. everything's in hindsight, by yeah. the way. But like, yo, if it's like some sort of physical challenge, you're like, okay, you're gonna do this. If it's some dancing one, like I'm gonna do this. Yeah, or something. Like that's that. what we're always yeah. we're always talking the, about that too. Or I would uh, be stressed in this situation. You yeah. wouldn't be stressed in this yeah. situation. And no, I definitely want to do that. The funny funny thing with that was that like uh, in Amazing Race Canada last year, especially there, the finale was in. Here it was in yeah. shot, it was shot in a BC Vancouver, place, yeah. Vancouver yeah. Richmond Mar- Night yeah. Market yeah and one of the teams had a taxi driver yeah it was a Punjabi guy yes, I think yes, it was Vancouver yes. Taxi and my dad like we showed my dad but I was like I know that guy yeah <laughs> so it's like crazy I obviously your dad being a taxi driver too I'm sure it's like a similar vibe yeah, yeah. I think in, like when my dad watched the episode instantly gave him a phone call like, yeah. yo you're on the show or something <laughs> yeah <laughs> so that was probably the funny part um, favorite Punjabi and English singer or rapper uh. My favorite uh, Punjabi singer, my dad. Um, he uh, does it as a hobby, yeah. but I'm his biggest fan and biggest, uh, I guess, advocate as well. Um, so he'd be my favorite singer. My favorite rapper, um, I'd say Lil Wayne or Meek Mills. Those are my two uh, on the English side, but Punjabi side, my my dad. Have you ever like tell him like yo record and? drop a song <laughs> oh my dad actually yeah. has some songs he oh, just okay. recently put out a new song it's actually on Apple Music and Spotify promote it yeah, just raise yeah. it uh, got to the Ambotala that's his new song again he just does it as a hobby and uh, no it's actually a really good song it's a song that you can rock uh, at parties or before you want to get get the party going uh, so got to the Ambotala Dildar Mander okay yeah all right, so, so check that check that out. We'll check that out too for sure. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so that's basically it. Quick fire done. Perfect. Obviously. I think that's. Uh, I'm gonna say one thing. That's how we do quick fire. It's quick <laughs> one two. I wonder who the shot is at. <laughs> <laughs> Some people spend like ten minutes. <laughs> but. All right, so let's get let's just get right into it. Um, soccer, obviously, that's what you said. You, you, like yeah. you alluded to that's the sport you played. That's the sport you coach. You're involved in it. So how did you, when did you start playing? How did you get into it? And did you play other sports competitively growing up? Yeah. Uh, so soccer, my dad was uh, a soccer player in India. He played uh, at the university level. And then when I came here uh, in North Delta, he put me in when I was about six years old. And I played for North Delta soccer. And then I was with North Delta soccer uh, throughout my youth soccer uh, career. Um, and from there... I was with the Whitecaps a little bit, so in the Y League at that time. Um, Then when I got a little bit older, I realized that I wasn't good enough to be a professional player. So I was really good at school, so I took the school route. Um, I had scholarships to a few smaller schools, but I I focused on my education. So I got uh, into SFU, but I still wanted to continue playing soccer. So instead of going the college route, playing for a smaller school, um, I just uh, played men's soccer. 
So from U18, went straight into men's soccer while still educating, getting my education at SFU. Um, and I've been playing men's soccer ever since. But uh, yeah, so it started at North Delta and I still play with a few of my teammates since I was six years old. Wow. Yeah. Um, yeah. So what schools were they like in Canada, US? Or? Yeah, so um, I started at SFU. So my postgraduate, well, I went to Siakum. So Heath, oh, no. I'll start even before that. Yeah. So everything North Delta. So Heath Elementary, from Heath Elementary, <laughs> went to Siakum. Siakum went to SFU. So I did about a four and a half year bachelor program at SFU. After that, I went to Oxford. So I did my master's in Oxford in uh, the UK uh, for physio. So master of science in physiotherapy. And uh, But I'm still playing men's soccer right now. What were the small schools that you that Was it in Canada? Or was it in the US? Or like you have scholarships? The scholarships. Oh, um, it was mainly, it was a uh, Kwantlen. I had a few in the States, but there weren't any Div 1 schools. Yeah. Um, Douglas at that time, but uh, it wasn't SFU or UBC, which is where my education yeah. was actually accepted. So I got accepted into SFU. Um, but my focus at that point, I knew I wasn't going to be a professional soccer player, and um, but I knew I wanted to play still soccer. Yeah. And uh, no, so I took the education route, and um, I've been I'm happy with that. Yeah. Uh, what was it like going to like? Uh, England and studying like studying abroad how, how does that feel it's uh it was quite challenging to be honest but I think it's it's probably the best thing that's happened to me um, my wife would agree as well I I thought I was a man when when going to England but I was not so you learn things outside of school that you can't teach so for example um you have to cook for yourself. You have to look after yourself financially. You don't have mom and dad there. You have to buy groceries. You have to buy things that you never thought you would have to buy. Toilet paper, toothpaste, um, as opposed to here, mom and dad used to always buy those things, well, mostly mom. Um, you'd have to make sure you got clean, so vacuum, mop, do your dishes, um, dusting, but at the same time, still focus on school because at the end of the day, that's why you have to remind yourself that you're not there to party, party and get distracted. There's a lot of distractions, especially when you're living alone. Um, and it's difficult. I was in a place where I didn't know anyone. My cousins were in Leicester, which is about two hours away from Oxford. But you go into a, a city where you don't know anyone at all. Um, so I left there. Now, now obviously, I'm married. I... I can cook, I can clean, I can do the dishes, I I can go grocery shopping, I learned a lot about finances, so um, basically my wife is very happy with that. So, <laughs> it, so if you weren't a man going there, you definitely became one afterwards. 100%, 100%. No, you, I, I learned lots about myself too. Um, yeah, you, you learn how to expose yourself into a new environment. And, uh, and it was definitely a learning experience even outside of getting my education. Uh, what would you say your signature meal you cook? Signature meal, I love a chicken wrap. That's even right now, um, a classic quick uh, little bit of chicken breast, um, put it in a wrap. Um, that was my signature meal. In the first year, it was uh, like probably everyone, every student is pasta. Yeah. But I found that... Uh, I was starting to gain a little bit of, of weight, which I didn't want. So I I transitioned to having 
uh, less carbs and uh, and uh, better meals. So chicken breast, a lot of chicken and rice. But my favorite is a chicken wrap, classic chicken wrap. How many stadiums did you travel to? Oh, that lots. Because I know you, that you were on your own, yeah. but I'm sure you're in England. Oh, 100%. You're not in England often. So. Yeah. Obviously, Manchester United fan, I'm sure you went to Old Trafford a few times, yes. caught some games. But yep. like, what other stadiums did you go yeah, to? Yeah, so I went to Old Trafford to watch a chat. They were in the Champions League at that time. So I had uh, Rooney, Ibra, uh, big names. They were on the team. Um, I went to watch Liverpool against Leicester at uh, uh, the Leicester Stadium, the King Power Stadium. And then the I watched Wembley. I watched Brazil. So Neymar was in town. So I watched uh, Brazil against England. I was a student physio for Oxford United, which was in the championship, and they're still in the championship. First place right now, by the way. Um, <laughs> so I got to see a lot of games um, in the Oxford Stadium, and I actually met Harry Redknapp, who was at the time the manager of Birmingham. So they came, uh, played against uh, Oxford United in a preseason friendly. So I watched that game. Um, I'm trying to think what else. Yeah, I think those are the main stadiums. Um, yeah, but it, it was it was awesome being a big soccer fan and having the chance to watch a lot of Premier League games and uh, obviously seeing my childhood team, Man United. And at that time, Mourinho was coach, so they they had a very good yeah, year, yeah. and that was the year that they won the Europa League as well. Yeah, so, so it was good. Um, so what's the nicest stadium? Yeah. Obviously, it'd be really biased to say Old Trafford, but I, the stories of Old Trafford are kind of bad now. Yeah, with the, which we'll get into like Man United talk later. Yeah, but like, is it? You, it's it's called the Theater of Dreams for a reason. <laughs> when you when you go into that field, it's it's different. Like obviously here, even I've been to a lot of stadiums in in Canada and with the New Zealand national team. Um, but when you step on into the stadium at Old Trafford, the smell, the atmosphere. Um, it's it's unmatched. Like it's honestly, it's something different, and that's that's why it's called the Theater of Dreams. Like, um, no, it, it, even Wembley with all the history Wembley has, but Old Trafford was just just different. How was the environment? Like, you, you got to probably experience you probably experienced BC plays, yeah, but then you experienced like hardcore European fans, English it, fans as well, like swearing at each other. In the it stands. is different. <laughs> it's uh, it's nonstop chants. Yeah, um, no one sits down. <laughs> yeah, but uh, one thing I was very surprised is it was a European uh, Europa night when I went or um, or Champions League night and European night, but what I was surprised is here at BC Place you can take your alcohol onto into the into your seats there you're not allowed to take your alcohol or anything into your seats you only can drink non-alcoholic beverages if you want to have an alcoholic beverage it has to be um, outside your seats so they have like designated areas or where you get the alcohol so that's just to calm down the hooligans and yeah, yeah. Yeah. and uh, everyone but uh, yeah, the fans there are, are crazy, and I still I, I remember some chants. So like, yeah, yeah I, I know some United chants. Um, yeah, it's this crazy atmosphere. You can't you cannot compare yeah. uh, anything. Not even to our hockey here. It's it's totally different there. Yeah, the one thing I, I tell people that said they're going to Europe and they're not soccer fans at all. Like we haven't had the experience yet. Like if, if we, first of all, if we ever go to England, yeah, one hundred percent, one hundred percent. Old Trafford, we're going whether it be in shambles or yeah, not. Yeah. But, uh, or any, even try to go to other stadiums, like around, not just England, but Europe. But I do tell them, like, hey, just because I know you're not a soccer person or you might be a very, very casual, you just probably watch the World Cup or whatever. 
uh, from what I've heard from Jeevan guys, Derek, and everyone, yeah, m- make sure you go to a stadium because uh, you'll know what it's like. Even though you don't watch it, it's yeah. just like you want to be part of it, right? It's it's, it's an experience. Yeah, it's an yeah. experience for sure. I think like the, your point about the alcohol. Recently in NFL, I think you've probably seen it on social media. I think you may have like Sports Center posts or whatever. Like, there's a lot of like fights happening in the stands. Like, where I think recently it was, I don't know who was playing. It might have been Dolphins Bills or whoever it was. Mm-hmm. Just like fans are fist fighting each other in the mm-hmm. stands. Like, it's gone up, and obviously alcohol is a big reason. So, especially in England, with yeah. with how crazy it is, it's probably um, the best way to go with it. Bro, if, if there was alcohol alcohol allowed in the stands, bro, I'm kid you not, Arsenal and Man United fans are gonna have a war. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, yeah, and um, oh, we'll move on. So, like, oh no, sorry. Last thing I want to say, similar question to Derek. Have you experienced anything like racist when you were there? <laughs> like how he shared like what he, he was getting called names when he was he was obviously much younger when he went to Middlesbrough. But like yeah. you're um, obviously there for school. Yeah. Like, did you have anything like that? No, no. I had a very positive experience. Um, it was it was very enjoyable. Everyone treated with me treated me with respect, and again, if you treat others with respect there, um, you would hope to get the same respect back, and that's exactly what I got. So I loved every experience I had in England, um, and I definitely want to go back. Did you travel anywhere else in Europe? And yeah, visited stadiums there. Yeah, so I was uh, lucky enough that. Um, during my summer break, I went to a bunch of countries. I got to go to Croatia, uh, the Netherlands, Amsterdam, Madrid, Barcelona, um, Megaluf, uh, Paris, Budapest, um, Prague. So uh, the thing is, when you're in Europe, everything is so cheap to travel. So you're looking at some days you can get a $20 flight to go from one place to another and it's about a one to two hour flight maximum so um no, i was lucky enough to do my fair share of traveling um but i do miss it is it is it your goal to like you visited camp i'm assuming in the bernabeu yes yes i so visited it, both yeah is it like your goal to like whatever stadium and go it doesn't matter if it's portugal doesn't matter if it's croatia like i want to visit at least maybe the team's biggest stadium or the local team 100 as, as a stadium. soccer fan yeah. i always like that's like the goal even when you're traveling right as a soccer fan, you always want to see it's like It's like, it's you, for your, like uh, your wife, if, I don't know if you went with her, but like yeah. in general, maybe in the future, it's like, all right, listen, we might be here for a week. Yeah. One day, I want stadium tour and a game. Six days, you could probably go shopping. <laughs> yeah. I'll do whatever yeah. you say. Just one day, I want the soccer game. <laughs> yeah, I've been lucky. She's a, she's a soccer fan too. Oh, okay. So so we share a lot of uh, similar interests. So she, she enjoys going to the stadiums and watching sports. So no, I've been very blessed and lucky um on that part so i never have to argue about sports things with her um but no whenever i'm on any trip i need to go to either a sporting event watch a sporting event or see the stadium of that country or city that that i'm in yeah Yeah. like for sure like if you go to the states i don't care what season it is like we we might be colts fans for football yeah yeah. but if we happen to be in i don't know uh, Chicago, we, we want to try to see 100%. a Bulls game. Yeah. Even though I'm a Laker fan, try to see a Bulls game. Yeah, but at the same like experience that that um, that as well. Though. Yeah. So yeah, like for a sportsman, that's like that's like a dream. You, just, yeah. like, you need that, like, one part of your trip must be that. Yeah. Summertime yeah, baseball stadium. I don't care if I'm not a baseball fan. Let's just go. Even though that's we are. that's a great example. But, yeah. Like yeah. Um, I just recently went to LA, and same thing. One night we had to go watch a Dodgers game. I'm yeah. not a big baseball guy, but when you're that was the only sporting event that was happening yeah. during the weekend that we were there and we Except ended up watching a Dodgers game. But yeah. yeah. 
All right, let's go. Let's go back to your uh, your playing days here. Um, yeah. Outside of your men's league, which you play in the prem level, which is um, still very competitive. Yeah. But you also play Nations Cup, which yeah. happens like we mentioned in the Derek podcast as well. That it's like a local international tournament. It's usually you represent your heritage. So for for you, for example, it's probably Canada and India. Mm-hmm. Um, and the we've been, we haven't been this year because we had we had something going on that weekend. But last year we went. And we try to go as much as we can because the talent is unreal, right? It's still like it's a glorified premier tournament. Yeah, it might be labeled as a beer a beer league, mm-hmm. um, but first off, like the talent. How are you uh, locally, especially? Are you like, damn, we have a lot of talent, whether it be Canadians, whether it be Indians, whether it be Africans, Caribbeans, etc. So that experience of playing against these different um, nations. No, I think the talent in in BC is amazing. I think everyone knows that. Um, and it's just a great tournament to to show not only soccer fans of what the talent is in BC, but fans are around the whole uh, whole province, lower mainland. So it's it's a great tournament to be a part of. It's been really fun to be a part of. I was lucky enough to be actually the uh, uh, coach of the youth nations um, team as well for India, um, which is great to see that now they're starting at a younger age, which I I wish they had it um, when I was younger. Because the talent um, at at a younger age, because sometimes when you're about 17, 18, you don't get the um, the opportunity to play in the men's open division because you're so young. So now that the tournament is starting at a youth level, I think it's it's great exposure. So, um, no kudos to those guys running the tournament for so long. It's it's a great tournament and it's always great to be part of whether coaching, playing, watching. It's always packed, right? Like there's there's genuine good soccer there that like being played. You know, whether it be India versus Can- India versus Fiji is one of the big rivalries, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, definitely. It's uh, it's always packed, which is yeah. which makes as a player, as a coach, as a spectator, it's just a great atmosphere. It's a great run tournament, um, and uh, every year I know all the soccer fans look forward to it. As a player, it's like okay, you know what? Like you said. You may never play professional, have played professional, but that feels like a professional yeah. setting, right? Yeah. This is like, you hear like, let's go India and stuff like that, right? It's, it's crazy. But the one thing I have, one issue I have with it, and I think um, we've talked about it with Derek as well, is that th- the Sunday, where it's like three day, <laughs> three games yeah, in one no, day. No, that, that's definitely tough. As a physio myself, yeah. like yeah. Um, you you look at that and it's it's a big toll on the body. And leading up to it, a lot of players, because it's in the summer, a lot of players have not put that stress on their body like that. So you are prone to more injuries. So during that week, leading up to that week, and even after that week, um, even me at the clinic, we see a lot of injuries. So I think on a physio and medical point of view, they definitely need to adjust that. Um, I know it's great for the fans. But it's a big toll on the body. And it recently, again, because of what's happened during COVID when no one was playing for such a long period, we've had more injuries. And I've seen more injuries recently um, after COVID than ever before. So not only ath- athletes, but just average Joes playing whatever sport, uh, whether it be hockey, basketball, volleyball. Um, it's because we're putting more stress on the body because we, those two, three years because of COVID, we weren't able to play or two years, um, whatever it was, um, the body has been used to not putting so much stress on their tendons, their muscles, their ligaments that all of a sudden they go back to 
how they were before and we've seen a lot of injuries so even after that weekend like I said I do see a lot more injuries and uh, as a player it is tough to play that many games in one day forget playing Friday Saturday Sunday but playing up to what is it three games on a Sunday back to back to back five in total it's, over the yeah weekend. it's it's very tough yeah because like, I played so this when I first met you properly was like the 77 league that we played in the summer yeah and um Six games, even though it was like 30 minute games, I, I told the organizer too, I'm like, bro, six games, like I was done, yeah. he was done and he plays still, Yeah. right? Like I, that was my first like time playing competitive after like five years. Um, and like the rest of our family that played in that tournament with us was just like, we were done. Like yeah. the legs were gas. like it, it's a lot, like, especially, yeah, it especially after playing for a while. Like we were all done after the second game. <laughs> yeah, it was a like yeah. hot second game. Everybody's like injured, so it was like, yeah. we're short players, but um. Moving on slightly still, sticking with Nations Cup, why was it important for you to represent India um, instead of Canada, for example? Well, the first thing is uh, I got asked to play for, for India. Um, but I obviously my mom and dad are from, from India. And ever since I was young, watching Team India play, it's all Punjabi, local Punjabi talent. And with the amount of support you see, most of it is a Punjabi Team India crowd so it's always an honor to represent India um, again whether it be coaching or playing um, yeah um, so your reaction you mentioned the talent it's great yeah your re- um, we've mentioned it before is obviously it's much better now like we've seen like younger guys like Jeevan even little um, guys and girls my age so for example your sister Jasmine mm-hmm. Jasmine Danda Simran Dolly well like these girls are killing it as well but like why do you think especially around your age like the talent may get wasted is it just because lack of exposure to potentially do to do what Derek did like because Derek is one of the few at least that we know unless you know more that made it that far at some point like Canada level mm-hmm. um do you think um why do you think there's like a, maybe a waste of talent is it just like they just didn't care mm. they didn't have the exposure for example maybe now the exposure is much better I don't think it's wasted talent but I think back in the day um what would happen was if you're eight, like this is what happened to me as well i knew that i wasn't good enough to make it professional but at that time there was no gap from u18 to the first team so at under 18 if you're not good enough to make it professionally the only other option you have is okay are you going to make the first team of the white caps if you don't then either university or whatever but on a professional standpoint the gap was so large that there was nothing in between. So that was during my my age, even the girls, they had no girls professional team. Even right now, there's no girls professional team. I know they're starting that very soon, but there's no, the, the gap is, it was so large during that age group, as opposed to now, there's um, Whitecaps 2, there's MLS Next, there's U14, U16, U18 Whitecaps. So they already are exposed to uh, in a professional environment, uh, for the boys at least, and now the girls have the Rex program. But after the Rex program, um, after they're 18, the girls have a gap as well. So that's that's where it's it's a little bit difficult to go the professional route, especially for girls right now. Um, so that's why we're seeing, though, a lot of girls go into the university route. And if they want to make it professional, they they would have to go abroad or go to the States. But it's nice to see now that we have the CPL, we have um, the Whitecaps 2, like you said. Now we have League 1, which is like semi-professional. Yeah. 
Um, but if you look at the the structure of how the European countries are, like in England, every team, every little city has a professional team. And that team has the opportunity to play against Manchester United. And how? It's through the FA Cup. So now we have a similar system where League One can play against the Whitecaps. So League One will play in that tournament, the Canadian Championship. They'll play against teams in the CPL. And then if they are successful, they'll play the Whitecaps. If they are successful after that, they can go into the CONCACAF Champions League. If they're successful in that, they can play against European leagues, right? So, So the... So the tiering now is much better yeah. as it was to when I guess I was younger. But that being said, when I was younger, our talent was was very very high as well. So I'll I'll, I'll never forget this. When I was thirteen, we had a Punjabi team. So we made our Punjabi eleven. We played against the provincial team at the time, same age group, and we beat the provincial team seven two. And that's talking about the whole of the province. Yeah. Um, but uh, again, when you get to 18 at that time, there wasn't too many options. Um, but it's good to see now that the gap is becoming smaller and, and they're, they're go- we're going in the right direction in Canada. Yeah. And that's we're seeing that through the su- su- success of both the women's and men's uh, national team programs. Yeah, because um, the Minnesota Whitecaps too was a rebrand. I think it got brought up. This is like 2015, 16, I think. Sandu was yep. like the guy who was in there, right? Mm-hmm. Derek, I know, had an option to play um, as well. But yeah, like you see more Jeevan is like the most current example. Yeah. Like from the girls, I think uh, I was talking to Peter Galindo about this too. Um, Diana Matheson, I think she's bringing, like I think you mentioned it, alluded to it, the power eight. So she's trying to, um, with her, I think I don't know who else is involved, to start like eight Canadian teams to start a league there. So that way, you know, girls like J- Julia Grosso, Jordan Heidema, they don't have to go abroad. Mm-hmm. I know Julia Grosso went to uh, college. Jesse Fleming, these girls went to college mm-hmm. and got scouted from there, which now obviously they're doing big things for Canada mm-hmm. and their European countries. But now you don't have to have the option where like, for example, Jordan Heidema doesn't have to go from Whitecaps straight to PSG like she did. But now she might have, you know what? She's like, I might want to stay with the Whitecaps and maybe get more playing time here before she commits to the NWSL. Yeah, example. no, so absolutely. No, it's uh, our girls soccer in the last little bit um especially in the grassroots level the numbers are lowering so i think by exposing these girls to uh, a professional environment having local professional teams especially in canada is hopefully gonna help uh, raise those numbers again um and we have good talent here and we have a very good national team uh in the program so i think it's very good for girls locally at the grassroots level uh to the university level to even having players from other countries uh come out to play here because yeah. we're a very strong yeah, yeah. strong country in soccer in the women's side you, yeah you know what's the best part like if they figure that out and get it right boys and girls you get more of those underdog stories you know like the people that were just grinding you know practicing every day because there's not many of that right like jesse fleming and julia grosso these guys these girls were like good yeah but like, you know how like someone like those late bloomers type of thing mm-hmm. right there's, there's not many stories in canada that they are you know in a usa basketball for example right um jimmy butler jimmy butler yeah. is one of them yeah i think duncan robinson was a d3 guy who finally 
made it to NBA. Mm-hmm. Like, there's, none, there's none of those stories in Canada. Yeah. No. yeah. The options are there now, right? Like, when I meant waste of talent, I mean, like, like that's why it's probably wasted because there weren't options, like you said. Yeah, yeah. But now, obviously, thankfully, we're starting to have that. But on the flip side, let's, um, uh, with the Punjabi culture, sticking with that, a lot of it, I believe, is also because when you're younger, the parents, and not to, not to their fault of their own, like, for example, your parents uh, were from India, our parents are from India, and... Um, it was like, but they were, from what they were told as kids or growing up was like, the best life is come to Canada, come to America, UK, Australia, wherever, but you have to do the four or five years of school. Mm-hmm. Um, now, on your side, for you, you enjoyed it, so that's why you did the physio route mm-hmm. and all that. But like for us, yeah, we're doing it. Like we still believe that we need to get a degree, but it may, not for others, it might be like, you're forcing them to do something they shouldn't do, but yet they could be great soccer players or great hockey players. How much do you think that's also evolving, that the parents are actually evolving from that mindset? Like, for example, I shared an example like when we did our, like our mom, first was like, school, school, you got to do your CPA, you got to do this, business, business. But then when we told her like, hey mom, we want to do this, we can make a career out of it. There's obviously clear backup, mm-hmm. like guys like Randeep Janda, her, uh, Randeep Janda, Herman De- Harman Dayal, these guys are Punjabi, they're in the media route. Yeah. And they did it, you know, whether it be through school or through, just experience that like then she's like okay yeah um i I, i'm definitely backing you guys up so how much do you think that's being uh evolved now and especially the south asian community mindset that like they're giving their kids options no 100 percent um i've always and thankfully from my mom and dad have put me in sports from from a very young age i think now parents are starting to understand that it's before it was oh let's try to become a professional player professional player but I think now it's becoming more and more realistic that there are other options like you said you can go in broadcasting you can go into coaching um, but I think the biggest thing at especially in our community is try to get involved in sports so you stay away from other things so the gang violence the drugs the alcohol it keeps you busy um, keeps you on a good route I think if we can educate and let our kids know that it's not only to become a professional player, it's important to learn other life skills, making friendships, problem solving, keeping your mind active, uh, working on your hand-eye coordination. Um, And if you happen to be very good at the sport, then it could be a realistic goal to go into a professional route. But I think nowadays parents are are putting their kids not only to become professional players, but to stay away from trouble, uh, keep their kid healthy, keep their kid active, um, which is great to see. And that's that's what I've been doing right now. So before I used to be a coach at the U18 level. Um, and my main reason, and this is why I got into coaching, was to try to keep kids away from the drug, the alcohol, uh, the violence, um, especially in the Surrey community. I'm Delta boy, but I coach in Surrey yeah. um, because of what was happening in in the Surrey news and uh, what was going on in Surrey and then but now I've transitioned to coaching kids on the other side of things so from U4 to U7 so um, I'm trying to keep kids involved in the sport because what we were finding is kids when they become 7, 8 or um, when they were younger than 18 we started seeing numbers dropping so I wanted to make sure that we keep kids involved in sport and again they would learn life skills learn how to um problem solve like i said learn how to share learn how to communicate in 
verbal and nonverbal ways. So I think parents are becoming more and more understanding and educated on um, the options that sports gives um, other than a professional Yeah, because like um, also being a coach, for example, you want to be that role model. Like it doesn't, like let's just say you were coaching him or you're coaching myself when we were uh, younger or whatever the case may be that like, and the parent was like, no, he's only here just for the sake of soccer. But you believe genuinely that like, hey, he could be a professional player. You also want to tell the parents like, hey, it's not just about education. Like education is important. Like it yeah. doesn't have to be done through four years university and get a job. That's how you're about to be successful. You could be successful as a professional athlete, but if not a professional athlete, like you mentioned coaches, physios, um, broadcasting, etc. Right. So like how much do you relish on being that role model towards parents and kids to communicate that like there's options? I, I try my best. Um, <laughs> I, this is what my dad taught me. Your education will always be with you. Yeah. Like at the end of the day, if you can get hurt, like unfortunately you can get hurt at any time, right? Yeah. So if that happens, you need to have a backup plan and your education will always be there with you. So that's what my parents um, taught me. That's what they sort of instilled in me. Um, so even like, like from, for me, even my sister is we made sure that yes, we played soccer and, but at the same time we still focus on school. So school was always first for us. Um, for my sister, school was always first. So believe it or not, she she does coach with the national team, but she still has masters in, in physiotherapy as well. But she doesn't practice as a physio, um, but she still has that with her um, and she'll have that with her for the rest of her life. But right now she she's uh, in the coaching group in, yeah. in with Canada Soccer. She has that with her. But whenever that stops, because you never know when that's going to stop, um, she still has that as a, as a not a backup plan, but you still have that with you. And that's what I try to teach kids is, it doesn't matter how good you are at soccer, one day, the soccer career is so short. When you get to 30, 35, especially if you're here locally, it's it's very difficult for you to make a living. Um, even with the Whitecaps, you're, you can look at their salaries, not that many are making more than a million dollars a year. Um, and nowadays with how everything is so expensive, million dollars is, is not too much, right? yeah. believe it or not. So when you're 30, 35, you still have a, a lot of time to live. And if you don't have a backup plan or you don't have an education, then then you don't know what you're going to do. And you guys, you guys are big sports guys. You guys see it even in, in professional sport, uh, NBA, NFL, those are just examples. You're seeing more and more athletes become broke because after they don't know what they're going to do with their money because they don't have a backup plan, they don't have an education, they've been uh, just professional athletes their whole life and then now they don't know what to do. Yeah, because they uh, actually now, especially for the last few years, you hear stories about the NBA, like currently like guys like Zion Williamson, RJ Barrett, the younger guys. Um, NFL side, you talk, um, you know, Joe Burrow, Trevor Lawrence, they share that like, um, and in the NHL, like Connor Bedard, for example, like, yeah. um, they per before the draft, they have like all the rookies or potential draftees come in a room and they bring in uh, financial planners mm-hmm. and say like, this is what you guys have to do because you don't want a Delonte West situation, yeah. which is yeah. the biggest yeah. story. Yeah. Um, like you said, uh, guys getting broke. It's like, hey, like, listen, like you said, one hit away, 
you still want the education as a backup or guess what? You can set up a business elsewhere. If you don't yeah. want the education side, like go into physio or accounting or whatever, mm-hmm. but maybe start a business or go into broadcasting and try to connect w- through broadcasting, et cetera, coaching. So it's like they now are educating that because you hear older athletes, like like I mentioned Delonte West, um, well, like guys like Shaq, for example. Yeah. He went, bro- not broke, but he re- when he has his card, I think the famous story was his card maxed out at Walmart and then he realized, Oh, I can't do this, right? And now he has a PhD. Yeah. So it's like now they have that ed- education. The kids are getting education of how not to be broke. To your point as well. And you also, know, absolutely, a lot of them are going back to school to finish their degrees. Yeah. Yes. Curry finished his degree, you know, during his MBA career. DeAndre Hopkins. DeAndre Hopkins is in the the Tennessee Titans facility taking online classes. Yeah. No. To finish his degree as well. Now that's that's the thing with education. It's gonna stay with you for forever. Um, and. Uh, no, that's that's what I try to teach these kids is ed, ed, your education is going to be with you for the rest of your life. Soccer, sports, at one point, you're not going to be able to unfortunately play. Uh, your body won't be able to play. You're, you might get injured. Um, you might not be good enough. Um, but at the end of the day, your education will always be there with you. Yeah. So that's what I try to teach these kids at a young age is focus on school, school first. I'm a coach that I make sure that if a kid hasn't done his homework, especially when I was coaching the U18, uh, U16, 17, 18, I wanted to make sure the kids did their homework first. If they didn't do their homework or they didn't had an exam the next day or a test or an essay and they needed to take a day off from training, I was a coach that would always, always let them let them do that. Um, but with balance. So yeah. you need to learn school life balance as well. It's not that, oh, every time I have an, a test the next day, I shouldn't, I have to skip practice. Um, you have to learn how to balance that because at the end of the day, it's only an hour and a half of training. If if you're not prepared for your exam the next day and you can't take an hour and a half of your training out of the, out of your time, then then are you really ready for the exam? Exactly. So, but at the same time, if, if a kid needs a day off from, from soccer because of school, I... I always, always would let them. Yeah, because like at the flip side, like as much as the parents are evolving, like, hey, professional athlete is a route, but you want to keep that balance, right? Like you also don't want to stop a kid from making um, whatever league, like RHD Baines, for example, is NHL worthy, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but you don't want to stop him from being like, oh no, you have to do school either. So it's like both. Like, yes. Give him the opportunity, but also educate like, hey, you need a backup plan or you need this as well. Yeah, too. So no, it's, it's both things for absolutely. sure. Absolutely. Um, sticking with the coaching, because you already explained why you're a coach and obviously you love soccer and you want to be that type of role model. Um, how important as a coach, this is a question I asked Jeevan as a player side of things, I asked Derek on both perspectives. Now, since you're more of a coach, yeah. how important is it for you to learn not um, and adapt to learn from your players, for example, right? Like you might have a different mindset. Like it's not like me or the highway as well in terms of soccer. So yeah. both soccer side of things, how important is it to learn from the players and adapt to new things? And how is it important? How important is it to learn life lessons from those kids and apply it to yourself? Maybe like, oh, I didn't think of it this way. Yeah. Right. Like maybe a kid is going struggling through something, and it opened your eyes. Yeah. If you have any stories. If you, yeah. You no. Share. No. Absolutely. So, and it's it's been a big adaption for me to adapt from, like I said, U eighteen, which is your highest level of youth soccer, and then the next year I'm coaching the future stars, which are two and three year olds. Um, which some come in with pacifiers. So like they can't, um, they can't communicate. So I went from communicating to under 18, 17 grown men to kids that 
some don't understand English or Punjabi. So you have to learn how to show with, um, by example, you have to visually show them non-verbal cues. Um, you have to be a little bit more enthusiastic. Um, but you have to adapt to each situation. A prime example is um, at the under 18 or when you're coaching older kids, you know that some kids are going to adapt by um, giving them positive feedback. Uh, some kid might not react very well for being negative um, or trying to pump them up. Um, as opposed to another guy, you know, hey, you can give him a little bit of stick. You can you can be a little bit more tougher on him because he can handle and that's what you find that brings the best out of a player. So as a coach, you need to you need to understand each player, not only on the field, but off the field. Um, so it's very, very important to know who you're coaching, what age group, get to know the players. And that's why it's so important nowadays um, to do team events. So you're seeing... Uh, at a even at a youth level they're going to rock climbing or they're doing problem solving at um like at a, different different area like there's there's different things out there like exit can exactly yeah. that's yeah. things like that because you're getting to know your player outside of soccer because at the end of the day you don't know what their what the reason is for playing every kid is different yeah. some kids play to become you'll have a few kids on your team that play to become professional you have a few kids on your team play to get out of the house you have some kids that play to have fun um so it's it's your job as a coach to identify what each kid's goals are and at the end of the day what i like to tell the kids even now to my to my uh, friends is the main even this is what i tell myself is the main reason you play the sport is to have fun and the moment you stop having fun is the moment you know that it's time to either stop or you got to find out why you're not having fun because sports is doesn't matter professional or not you play to have fun yeah. and yeah, you're yeah. just lucky enough that if you're really good at it you get paid to do it yeah but otherwise the reason why we play sports is to have fun uh, we get our uh, physical activity out of it um but that's that's what it, that's what i teach these kids is at the end of the day every session Every team talk, doesn't matter I'm doing my men's team, is let's just go out there, have fun. It's important because like, for example, I'm sure you coached all different levels, all different ages, right? Yeah. So like you mentioned, maybe coaching a HPL team or a Metro team is like, you could be harder on them because hey, like you said, most of their goal is maybe to go play college at the minimum. Yeah. Or even just like, you know, they're good enough, so you want to push them. But then you're coaching, let's say in the next hour, you're coaching a Div 4 team. Yeah. Who's, you're trying, like, you know, they're not there to like make... Yeah. Um, they're not trying to make it for unless you notice someone that could move up a level then you'll encourage them to move up to div 3 div 2 for example mm-hmm. like div 4 it's like what could i do like derek said it perfectly what could i do to make you to come back and not mm-hmm. hate it right because like like you mentioned when i was coaching his team at you like as you go age by age like with the punjabi tournaments for example that happen here you could, as the age goes up the teams go down like it's like three mm-hmm. four teams or like five teams in surrey and that's it like the league is different from when you're 13 right so it's like at div 4 it's like listen just come by let's have fun yeah um and then you don't want to be hard on them it's like okay well why am i here i'm trying to have fun why is my coach yelling at me yeah everybody has a competitive nature you still want to win but like you said you have to adapt to their no absolutely and i think i think that's where as a coach you need to understand what your goals of are your players and that's through the coaching courses you learn a lot so we're finding that more coaches are understanding the purpose of whatever age group whatever division um, that they're coaching the purpose of it and through the coaching courses again you learn lots so even me whenever I go to a coaching course or a refresher 
I, I try to, or not even try, you learn one or two new things every time. So um, it's important for these coaches to go to those courses and you'll learn lots of how to adapt and uh, how to manage uh, the team or the player that you guys are coaching. But like I said, like you said, um, you need to be able to make it fun. You want those kids or players, whoever it is, to come back. You don't want to, oh, I have soccer today or I have hockey today. You want them to be excited. doesn't matter yeah. how old you are, you want to be excited. And to this day right now, um, I'm excited to go to soccer. Like I look forward to going to practice. I look forward to going to a game. Um, I'm waiting for the whole week of, of doing that. But I know one day that that fire is not going to be there. And that's going to be the day that either I stop playing or I stop coaching. Um, but right now I still have that fire. And as a coach, it's important for you to have that same fire. You should be, you shouldn't be, oh, I have to go coach these kids. Um, you should still have that fire or that desire. Um, cause if you're having fun and you're enjoying it, then you can make it more fun for your kids or for your players. Yeah. Um, before we get to a fun topic regarding coaching, yeah. Um, how important is it also like now? Let's just say this is the high level. Like you're, I know you've coached Metro, maybe HPL and stuff. Like you have players that train with your team. They have a personal trainer. They maybe they train with the Whitecaps, but want to train with you on the side. How important is it not to like interfere with other coaching methods? It's not like, hey, that coach you go to or that trainer, he's talking bullshit. <laughs> Don't yeah. listen to him. Listen to me, right? But you also got um. How important is it to also say, hey, I know that's what he said, but this in this situation, do it like this. But, you know, in a way, you're not collaborating with another coach, but from long distance collaboration, because you can't tell. For example, Jeevan, he has maybe he has his Whitecaps coaches. He has his Canada coaches. He has yeah. maybe his local trainer, his growing up coaches. It's like you don't want him to like you don't want a player to have like a mumble jumble in mm -hmm. his type of head, in his head, too. It's like forget what he said. This is what you should do. Then he goes there. He's like, no, forget he said this mm -hmm. is how you should do it as well. How do you deal with that type of situation? I always keep an open mind. Yeah. I'm never, I'm my way is the right way or my way or the highway. Yeah. I'm a type of guy that I always like to look at other perspectives, whether it be a coach, personal trainer. Um, I never say, oh, it has to be like this. There's always ways to make, not even a compromise, make both sides work. So that's, that's the way I've learned. Um, I'm not always right. I'm going to make mistakes. That's what I tell my players that I might make a mistake today. I probably am going to make a mistake. So if I'm uh, comfortable with that, then I'm always open to seeing what other options are, what other coaches are saying. Um, if I'm right, I'll obviously say, hey, this is our game plan today. Um, I might be totally off, but this is how I think we're going to win or have the most chances of winning. Um, but with your question, I, I'm never, it's, it's just my way. I yeah. keep it open mind. I think I try to think on with different hats, see what, why he, that coach is saying that. And then it might be, Hey, you know what? Actually that's, that's probably better than my idea. So you, I always keep an open mind yeah. when I see other advice from players or other people or coaches. It's, it's not even coaches. Like you, you could learn from the player itself. hundred percent. They could just figure out something on their own and it, yeah. whatever works for you, you know, you, it's always situational, right? Yeah. It's no, it's never like, all right, this is the game plan, but like you don't know what's going to happen with the other team. An injury could happen or they might change a game plan. You have to adapt on yeah. the fly as well. I think it only, it gets very difficult when, when parents get involved. Yeah. And that's, yeah. So that, no, that's where, that. <laughs> yes, <laughs> that's, that's where we're trying to teach now that let, let us coaches, um, coach the kids. Cause especially at a young age, the kid gets very confused. Like if you have their dad saying one thing and then the coach saying another thing and then the mom saying another thing and the player saying another thing. So if a parent has an opinion, what 
this is what I've learned from my coaches in the past is um, have the parent talk to me personally, but not after a game. Wait 24 to 48 hours because after a game or a practice, sometimes tensions are high. Um, You want to make sure that you both are on a calm, calm mind. And then you can discuss whatever coaching point that they had or what point of view they had. Um, So if you do that, I think it's it works out. But you want to make sure that the parents are there to cheer on, uh, be positive with the kids and let the coaches coach. Um, and the, usually then there's no, there's no conflict. Yeah, because I was going to lead into that as my, like my funny topic. So how yeah. annoying is it when, when you're coaching in the line, yeah. it's like, man, that dad or that mom or that uncle, whoever, and he's yeah. shut up right now. Because <laughs> yeah. like, I've, I've, I've been so lucky when I've coached his teams, I've never had his parents say that. Yeah. Uh, like sideline coaching at the most is I like, encourage like, hey, go do this. Just yeah. watch out behind you. Like I'm yeah. fine with that, but it's not like, I've noticed like sometimes I'm on the field um, and I'm just like hearing parents on the sideline go yeah. here what are you doing there's a guy there how'd yeah. you mess that up like that type like have you have any funny stories regarding that like is that the most <sighs> annoying thing as a coach as well so I, what I like to do I don't have any funny stories about that but what I like to do is we do like a team meeting where parents and players are are there and we make sure we set the standard that the parents job is to be cheerful be enthusiastic be positive um, and let the coaches like I said coach we we let them know that the parents need to be on the opposite side of the bench because sometimes you have parents talking to the player when they're, when they're on the bench or you um, or myself so uh, I've been very very good with that with that because the players are also at the meeting if a parent does say something the player then reminds the parent hey mom and dad like remember that meeting that we had like you need to make sure that uh, you just don't coach me. It's more you being positive or being cheered, like cheering us on as opposed to coaching me. Um, so if you have that meeting to begin with, or you might have to have a meeting again, right? If yeah, you do yeah, yeah. find that parents are doing that, then just uh, just have a meeting. And uh, I've been pretty good with that. As long as you have meetings, be upfront with the with the with your parents and with your players, then it should be easier. How how is it? Like parent come up to you every game like why is my kid not playing or like why is he only playing five minutes or why why is that kid playing over my kid like stuff yeah. like that you might hear <laughs> you, have you heard of this story you, you do you do hear that right at at every as a yeah. coach right but again with um what what i like to tell parents is number one is your kid is paying a hundred percent in every single training session so if you want to see your kid play right you, he will be training or playing 100% in, um, at practice. Um, but as a coach, you need to make sure, especially at the youth level, the grassroots level, level that there is some sort of playing, uh, even playing time. Yeah. Obviously, the higher you go, the more demand it is for, for winning. And this is what you learn through your coaching courses. Is But I know at the HPL level, I think the standard, I don't know if this still is, is each kid has to play a minimum of 50% of games throughout the whole year. So it could be one game he plays zero minutes, but game number two, he plays 45. Game number nine, he plays 90 minutes, but throughout the whole season, the total amount of minutes, it should equal 50%. So um, as long as you have those uh, guidelines or standards from the beginning, and you can remind the parents that, hey, actually, this is this is how much he's been playing. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's what 
is expected, yeah. then then it's usually okay. But you'll always have a parent complaining about playing time and and whatnot. But as long as you ha- talk to them, forty eight hours after a game when tensions are a le- little yeah. bit less yeah, yeah, yeah. high. I find that it's a lot easier to have that conversation as opposed to after a game, your tensions are high, the players' tensions are high, the co- the parents' tensions are high. There could be conflict. So um, I think by doing that, it decreases your chances of uh, any conflict or having just more of a normal conversation. Any funny stories with dealing with an annoying player, if you have any? Uh, dealing <laughs> of an annoying player. Whether um, it be that situation or it could be just a different situation. Um... I don't know if it's an annoying player, but you see players like I, I've had I've had a player that he wasn't playing and it was at a U18 level. He was on the bench and uh, he he just walked off. So he's like, you know what? He just packed up his bags and he just left. Um, and it wasn't funny. Right. Yeah. We, we, our team, it was we were losing at the time and he thought that he deserved to play and start and he just packed his bags and left. Um, but we had a conversation after, um, the next day at training and I explained to him, Hey, this is not right. Uh, he apologized to the team. We, we had a conversation letting them know the team is always first. It doesn't, it's not all about you. Um, but yeah, as long as you have these team meetings, you can <laughs> yeah. minimize, like yeah, I said, yeah. you can minimize I the, guess every coach is different, right? Yeah, like I'm more, calm, I, I try to be, right? <laughs> um, but you do, yeah, it's, it's, you got to approach it differently and, uh, um, I've learned that through experience. I wasn't always like that, but I've been lucky enough to have very good coaches growing up. Um, yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on. Uh, yeah. Because I wanted your views as a coach because I know that's what your main um, standard at right now. I know you play, but like yeah. coaching, I know you're very passionate about it. Yeah. But moving on to a physio. Okay. Um, ultimately, why did you want to become a physio? Is it just your way to stay closer to sports? Is that's it that's the main reason. Usually, um, you see people become physios because they've had a significant injury. They spend a lot of time in the physio room. I've been lucky enough, knock on wood, that I haven't had any major injuries as of yet. But I knew that one day I won't be able to play sports. And I wanted to find a way that I can still uh, be involved in sports. And um, again, I was good at school, but... I didn't enjoy school, but I knew that <laughs> I knew that if I become like a physio or in the medical field, um, I'll still be involved in sport in some way, um, which I've been lucky enough. And right now, I see athletes from an average Joe athlete to a professional athletes, so I'm still involved in the sport. But it's it's more rewarding on a different point of view that you've helped them reach their goals, and that's exactly why I wanted to start. Uh, being a physio is um, to be involved in the sport and find it rewarding at the same time, which learn, I do. And then learn maybe not just soccer, maybe other sports. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Right. Like I, I, I grown up, um, I play, I, I'm, I, I'm athletic. I know how to play every sport. I play basketball. I can play basketball. I can play volleyball. I can play badminton, tennis. Um, so I do know I'm a big sports guy. So I know how to, how each sport is. So when an athlete or person comes in, I understand the injury because I understand the sport. Yeah. Um, is the dream to maybe work on a team one day? I know you, you I know you probably enjoy working for Sangar. I'm not saying yeah. that. But like you have the experience of New Zealand, which we'll get into in a second. Yeah. With the women's team there. But in general, do you 
like if the Canucks come calling, you know, maybe that, I know that's probably your dream, but like yeah. maybe another NHL team or a local um, League One or team yeah. or whatever come calling. Is it? A, do you want to be part of the team environment more? Obviously, it's situational, but like at the moment, yeah. Do you feel like you want to be part of a team physio, or are you still, uh, or do you want to just stay in this um, clinic? That's good. Team? It's a good question. So originally, when I wanted to become a physio, it was to do with sport, and but when I was on my placement in in England. Um, when I was I was with Oxford United and it was totally different I wasn't used to being um, a physio side because you see all these players they're they're playing and you're on the sideline and when there's no injury or even when there is an injury um, you're on a different point of view so I thought I'd, I'd really enjoy it but it's it's totally different because you're not in control. I'm so used to being in control as a coach, as a player. Yeah. So for example, the team lost on on a Saturday, and so then the coach comes in, he's upset. So we have training tomorrow. It's a Sunday, and as a student at the time, I had Sunday off. So if the players are in, I got to be in too. So I had no control over that. Um, you're having to do tasks or jobs that I'm not used to. I'm not saying like I don't have to do this, but like. You're, you're cleaning up, you're getting, you're like setting up, you're picking up water bottles, you're you're doing jobs that I I, I was not used to. You're not signed up for that. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm there, uh, like as a coach, you're you're always in charge. As a player, you yeah. do what you want, right? As a physio there, I, I it was difficult um, to be on the other end of things. So then when I started doing private practice, uh, I really, really enjoyed it. Like, uh, you see different people. You see um, a 90-year-old patient for 30 minutes or an hour or whatever. And the next thing you see um, a 45-year-old worker working a 9-to-5. And then you see a professional athlete. So you're, you're seeing everything. So then I started really enjoying that. And I loved it. But then we'll go into the New Zealand job. Yeah, so how did that go? Uh, before you even do yeah. that, so what, let's see. Uh, let's just get into how did you get the New Zealand opportunity, yeah. and then explain. Uh, I guess now how, how maybe I feel that about your mind. sports. Yeah. 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 So with the New Zealand job, what happened was I had just started working at SunGod, and I loved, I loved it. Like like I said, I was working different patients every day. It's close to my house. It's 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 very enjoyable. I see a lot of variety of patients, and then what happened was it was during COVID. And my sister had just got a job with the Canada national team. And it just so happened that New Zealand was traveling to Canada after Canada had won their gold medal um, for, for an exhibition series in, uh, in Montreal and Ottawa. So, but because of COVID, the New Zealand staff weren't able to travel to Canada because they had restrictions. Yeah. So what happened was it was Canada's responsibility to help find staffing for New Zealand so that way they can still come on tour and that way Canada and New Zealand will still be able to have have a game. So then my sister was reaching out to, they needed a sports scientist, they needed an assistant coach, they needed everything. They had no staff, yeah. they only had a head coach. And even certain players weren't allowed. If you played in New Zealand, New Zealand had a traveling ban. You couldn't travel outside yeah. or into they New Zealand at the time. Exactly, yeah. very strict. So my sister reached out, hey, we need need a physio. And originally I said, no, like, sorry, like, because of my experience uh, before working um, with a professional environment I and how much I was enjoying working in private practice, 
I I said no, like it's I'm okay, like try finding. I gave I gave her other options, like settle other names. I said go reach out to these people, they might be uh, interested, and she's like okay, I'll, I'll try them. So then she tried to reach out to them. They weren't available. And now it's less than two weeks before New Zealand was going to come. They can't cancel it because they don't have a medical staff. They don't have assistant coach or whatever. And so then she's like, hey, like, can you just do it? And I was like, okay, well, if you're stuck, I'm not going to leave them hung to dry either. Yeah. So I said, okay, sure, I'll do it. So I packed my bags. I told told my my boss at, uh, at work that this is the situation. He gave me, he was very good. He gave me the blessing. He was very supportive. I mind you, it had just been like less than two months I had started work there. And for the boss to give you two weeks, it's not just one week, give you two weeks off. Um, it's, uh, I was very lucky. So he, he gave me his blessing. He said it was a great opportunity. And then, so I traveled there with the team. So they paid for my flight. Then you're staying in a hotel. Then I'm meeting all the players. And um, we played a game. So my sister was on the other side. I was on the other <laughs> side. We're going to do it. And uh, I really enjoyed it. It was totally different. And the way that they treated me was just amazing. And I was like, I fell in love again with, with professional sport, being a, being a physio. Um, but I said my goodbyes. I said bye. And uh, I thought I wouldn't hear back from them. And then I was lucky enough, they, the team and the coaching staff at New Zealand, even when their traveling ban was, was off and they were able to travel, they loved me so much that I got to travel to uh, Korea with them. I traveled to Japan. I traveled to the States, to LA, to Dallas. Um, so I was very lucky that they invited me for, I think, three or four more tours after that. Um, and I really enjoyed it. And I still, still to this day, like, uh, I'm still in, in touch with their staff, with some of their players. Um, and I'm hoping to hopefully go to a couple more tours and, but that made me fall in love again with the professional, uh, side of, uh, physio as well. So right now um, New Zealand's like your number one option, but if Canada comes calling. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I enjoy at the end of the day. Yeah. I, my goal is not to work with the white, uh, white caps or work with CAC, the Canucks. Um, I enjoy working with private practice yeah. because I find that I, as a community guy, um, as a local boy, I can touch more. Um, I guess not like I can, I can have more of a impact on like a community like a level. Yeah, yeah. On a community level. If I'm just in, in professional sport. Yeah. So, so you're focused on that more, but yeah. if an opportunity comes, then you'll, you'll yeah. do it. Okay. Yeah. But I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Private practice. I enjoy giving back to the community in any way I want. Yeah. And that's why I coach is to give back to the community. Um, and that's why I enjoy working in private practice yeah. because I see different people throughout the community. Um, okay. So you alluded to it, Jasmine. Yeah. Uh, you got to go against her. Yeah. Was, uh, what was that like? Was it, did it feel weird? Like, okay, you're Canadian. So in a way you're like, I want Canada to win my sister on the other side, but yeah. now you're stuck. You're like, you're on the New Zealand side. Yeah. So first, first off, what was you being at the field? Like, it's like, do I cheer if Canada score or yeah. not? Cause I'm Canadian at the end of the day. Or were you like strictly New Zealand? Yeah. You got this and that's it. Yeah. No, no. When you're, when you're there, when you're with the team for 24 hours a day, like you're that's your team yeah like and as an athlete i'm competitive doesn't matter yeah, yeah, yeah. what 
what team I, whatever team I'm on, I want to win. Yeah. yeah right. Yeah. Whether it was being a physio, whether it's being a coach, whether it's being a fan, like you want to win. And yeah. even though I was like, up against my own country, right. Yeah. And your sister. My sister. Right. <laughs> but it was literally, I wanted us to win. So we, we lost the first game yeah. and then we'd ended up, uh, I think losing the second game, uh, losing a second game or tying. I can't even, it's been, it's been a long time, but we didn't win. Um, but uh, no, it was very enjoyable to see her. I hadn't seen her um, too often, but she's always been traveling. Yeah. And uh, no, it's, it's, uh, it, it was amazing. It was an amazing experience to see. I think we're the first ever uh, brother, sister on a national stage to be, uh, on the, she would be on the coaching side. I was on the medical side. Uh, to be against each other, um, yeah. So it was, it was enjoyable. It was does great she, to see. Does she have bragging rights on you? Yeah, she does. <laughs> she does have bragging rights. Is this like in always, that. does this include like all the other times you guys might be competitive? Yes. Is this just yeah. like she has that one up now? She she does have the one up in that. She has one up in a lot of things, to be honest. Right, <laughs> but she's learned everything. She's learned. Yeah. Um, is from me. So you take all the credit. I do take some of the credit. <laughs> some is from uh, obviously my family, my mom and dad, my other sister as well. Um, but. Uh, no, it was it was a great opportunity. I loved it, and I'm happy for for that opportunity. Um, dream person you would love to treat in like a private practice, like Cristiano. Oh, Cristiano. Yeah, that's that's he's my he's my idol. I grew up. I never, I'll never forget. I watched him one of his first ever games against Leeds. I watched it on TV, and uh, this is when he was what 18, 19 years old. I was like, wow, this guy this guy's amazing and I've been a fan ever since even to this day the way he um he rehab not even rehabs he uh maintains his body and keeping that physique keeping that uh, keep playing at that level every year at that age is just amazing um yeah so him uh, obviously Messi as well. Okay, so obviously um, are you a Messi hater? I am, no. <laughs> like so I'm, I am the biggest, like I said, he's my, Ronaldo is my favorite of all time. But recently, after what Messi has done, not only at the World Cup, at the uh, MLS level, um, I hate to say this, Messi <laughs> is the GOAT. Messi okay, is so the GOAT. Oh. I'm a Ronaldo fan. Yeah. I love Ronaldo. Ronaldo, For sure. I think they're, they're both great athletes. They're both great soccer players. Yeah. But more recently, I would give Messi uh, the edge. That was right me now. for, um, like, I believe Messi's a goat. I love Ronaldo. The reason why yeah. I'm a Man United fan is because of Ronaldo, yeah. right? But I also enjoy Barcelona because of Messi. Yeah. But that point you made is on basketball for me. I'm, yeah. I'm a big Kobe fan. Yeah. Diehard Kobe fan. Reason yeah. why I'm a Laker fan. Yeah. Uh, after that 3 1 comeback by LeBron, is where, like, okay, I, I, I have to stop arguing against LeBron. Yeah. Even though, like, I wasn't, like, a hater, but yeah. it was more so, like, I think Kobe was the better guy. But then. Um, the Kobe, like LeBron Jordan convo, that's a whole different thing for me. Like I, don't, I can't talk because I hate talking goat when I'm not in that era. Yeah. Whereas Messi, Ronaldo, I can talk about yeah. it, right? So that that's a different debate. But between Kobe and LeBron, I'm like, okay, now I have to put LeBron ahead of Kobe in my all yeah. time. But uh, so he, in my gener like my era, my ever since I've been watching sports, LeBron is the goat in that sense. Yeah. I'm not saying he's the goat because I'm not gonna try to rile up the internet. Yeah, here. yeah, yeah. But and Kobe second because but Kobe's my like like you said my favorite player. Yeah, it's hard to admit it. it I still try to trash on LeBron. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like I don't want LeBron to win another championship to tie Kobe. Of, and yeah. I'm, I'm stuck because I'm a Laker fan because of that. Yeah, <laughs> but um, any professional athlete uh, that you have treated like is there any big name that you have treated already or? Um, or is it more of like the local athletes and stuff like that? Um, at our clinic, I haven't treated him, but we've had uh, Evander Kane, Milan Lucic uh, come to our clinic in uh, in North Delta. 
Um, we've had a few MLB players that are local players. Um, I think probably the most famous I have is probably someone on New Zealand national team. There are okay. girls on that team that play right now for Inter Milan. There's girls that play for Glasgow Rangers, Celtic, um, Los Angeles. So um, I think they would be probably the most famous athletes, I think. Um, I can't think of any. Um, Oxford United. Oh, I, had yeah, players, yeah. I had players there that were on uh, Manchester United um, Everton, Chelsea. So you had athletes or professional players from that, those teams. Um, yeah. All right. Last thing before we get into like the sports talk, like yeah, you, know, you want to talk about some Canucks, some yeah. soccer. Yeah. Um, it's about Jasmine. Like we, we were looking okay. earlier. Um, again, how much do you look as an older brother? Yeah. Um, at one point, did you realize like, okay, yeah, maybe I'm gonna be known as Jasmine's older brother as I yeah. joked earlier. Yeah. But what what you, what she has done for the community for the females especially Punjabi yeah. females to be exact. Yeah. Um, I guess this is your way to share, you know, any fun stories you have with her, mm-hmm. and uh, how much you look up to her now as an older brother, and how you know great she is for the community. Yeah. No, absolutely. No, where I'm I'm such a proud older brother of everything she's done. Um not only what she's done in the soccer but still like going back to the education getting um into ubc in physio which is very very difficult to do while still playing um and coaching so i'm i'm very proud she's uh followed my footsteps but (laughs) taken it to a different level yeah um, and I do have another sister, Simran, as well. Yeah. And she's done the same thing on a business point of view. So she's um, at UBC Business running the alumni um, events programs there. So she does major events. So, um, no, I'm very proud of both my sisters. Um, Are you the oldest? I am the oldest, okay. right? So both have learned, I, I'd hope to say. I know definitely they have um, learned lots from me. <laughs> and I still learn lots from, from Jasmine, whether be everyday life like even from my other sister Simran we we like to share uh, how our day went or a prime example I had a athlete come in he re-injured himself and I just started talking about about that but uh, no I'm proud of both my sisters not only Jasmine yeah, yeah. I didn't realize um, you had a second sister yeah uh, till I think I saw re- your either your Instagram or Jasmine's Instagram yeah as well. so so, uh, Simran, right? Yeah. I apologize. I don't mean to <laughs> neglect you. Yeah. No, no, no. no <laughs> she just, just, she's yeah. not involved in sports yeah. too much. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, we're, I'm, I'm proud of her as well. Um, but no, both sisters, especially Jasmine, has, uh, has given our Mander um, name. name for for a lot of good good things, especially in our community. So it's, uh, it's good to see. And uh, it, the future is bright. Um, for, for her and we'll see what uh, what she has sibling rivalry will always be there still sibling yeah rivalry. it's always there yeah, yeah. Kind of <laughs> All, always there yeah, ever since a young age like uh, I think we have pictures growing up that uh, we would play like one on one and she, she was a rough and tough player we both play center mid I was more the 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 pretty boy center <laughs> mid, the playmaker right and she was more like the Gattuso the Roy Keane like and yeah, she would do that on yeah. me she was never afraid to to tackle me down so every time we do one-on-one there's photos that my mom and dad have of me on the ground yeah. and her, her with the ball <laughs> when she was like three three years younger three four years three years younger than me right yeah. so um no she always has that fire and 
Yeah, no, they're always they're always yeah, be a rival. Sure. It doesn't matter what we do. Yeah, there's yeah, always yeah. everything a will be competitive. A- everything like running down. Hundred percent. I'm just a competitive guy. It doesn't matter yeah, with her sure. or with anyone. All right, uh, let's get into the f- fun sports topic. Yeah. Here. Um, you want to start off with the Canucks? Or you want to? I uh, yes. Um, How excited are you uh, with the season coming up? Do you have faith with the moves they made, etc.? And have you paid attention to the preseason? Yeah, no, I've been paying attention to the preseason. Um, I think they made some good positive moves, uh, especially Quinn Hughes as captain, seeing a young captain. He's good on the puck. Um, he's uh, He can play defensively and obviously his offensive traits. Um, I'm excited. I'm excited yeah. to see what the what they have in store this year. They had added some good defensemen. Um, and uh, no, I'm definitely excited. Yeah. I mean, I don't pay attention much to the preseason. Yeah. Every time I'm yeah. excited, like last year, I was excited, and yeah. look what happened. Yeah, but this year I feel like they're more planned and well planned there. Yeah, um, yeah. Like, I, I, let's see how it goes. Like I'm not a big preseason guy. Like I don't care that they lost ten nothing. Like I yeah. don't care. Yeah, yeah. But at the same time, I'm just like, okay, it's a, it's fast approaching. Let's yeah. see because it is a lot is riding on it. Yeah. Like I do believe they're a better team than last year, and I feel like they should start off better than they have in like the last two years. And uh, I just believe that like you know if Pedersen, Demko, and Hughes just get it going together 100 like, percent. they could compete with any team in NHL. does PD come back that's tough i think because quinn hughes got the captaincy um despite what what pd says or anyone says i think deep down i think every player wants to be captain yeah. doesn't matter if you're a third liner or fourth liner it's an honor to be a captain yeah. i think to be such a superstar like him um i definitely think he wanted to be captain he did the say. Fact. He did say. I think last year when the top when Bo Horvat did get traded and they were named the A's. Yeah. He did say I'm not really a vocal guy. So yeah. I, again, this is on public knowledge, right? Yeah. Like yeah, you yeah mentioned yeah. it could be behind the scenes. Who knows? Yeah. But like he may not be. He said it himself that he may not be want to be a captain material or yeah. wanted to be captain. But every every him, player you drive yeah. to be the captain. Because like for us, like when he was like makes sense because he is the vocal guy, more vocal. Yeah. Than the play. But at the same time, with the with all the Swedish captains that the Canucks have had. Um, I think deep down he he probably would wanted to. It would be an honor for him, I yeah. just say, to be captain. Um, but we'll see. I would love yeah. to have him. He's such a good player, and especially the season that he had last year, a bounce back season from the year before. Um, I think he's gonna have a good season this I think year. Fans um, are definitely waiting to see what happens. Yeah, so hopefully, I would love to see him being yeah. a Canuck for many years to come. Oh, let's be honest. We're, we're cooked without him. Yeah, <laughs> we're, we're, we're cooked without him. We need, yeah, we yeah. need him. Like, we were cooked we, with him last year. We, we were cooked with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah. no, hundred percent. Especially yeah. with no Bull Horvat this year and secondary scoring. Yeah, secondary scoring is the biggest question mark. But, yeah, and but like, we need him to produce again. I, I do believe we're not going to be historically bad defensively or on the PK as well. So I believe I think Hockey will, you know, nail these guys down. Like you know, play good. Yeah, but the scoring, I feel like they're going to be like more. The wins are gonna be like two one one zero type yeah. wins. Yeah, I think they'll be more. They'll be they'll have good fitness. I think you'll see a more full games. Like last year, yeah. we saw them giving up a lot of leads. Yeah. Um, a lot of like two two goal leads, even three goal leads, yeah. four goal leads. Right. I think this year they had a very to what I I understand is they had a very good preseason. They uh, started it early, so in terms of their conditioning. Yeah. Um, which I think will play a factor in decreasing their. Uh, likelihood of giving yeah. up a three The question goal, is the mental aspect. Like, that's yeah. what the yeah. key is. So, do you think the Canucks will make the playoffs? They're making the playoffs. Canucks making the playoffs this year. All right. And uh, just as a normal NHL, what do you think? Just a prediction for a Stanley Cup final. Um, Stanley Cup final winner this year will be 
the New Jersey Devils. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Our video, this video should be already out by the time we put our predictions. So we'll just yeah. that's what we have to. Yeah. Uh, we have the Devils, and, then, and we yeah. I, at least I have, as of right now, yeah. I have the Canucks making a wild card spot. Yeah. Music. Maybe they'll battle for the third. Yeah. I think Vegas Edmonton by far. Well, yeah. I think division. out of the East, the East is so strong. I think you have. I think Jersey's a stack. You one. have Jersey. You have Carolina are yeah. very yeah. good yeah. in the East. Have, yep. You have. Um, the Rangers are still going to be good because their goaltending is very, very strong. Yes. Um, I think you have this one more team and Toronto. Toronto. Toronto is very strong this year. If they make it out of the first round, they're going to make a big playoff said run. That last year, said didn't do it. I, with their additions this year, they've yeah. added Tyler Bertuzzi, they've added Max Domi, they've added uh, Ryan Reeves, they've yeah. had uh, John Klimberg at the at the point. So they have good defense and good offense. Again, their only um, downside could be Samsonov and Net. You don't know um, how their goaltending is going to be. But don't write them out this year because they have grit, which they haven't had in the last few yeah. years. Um, so if if the Devils and Toronto meet and Toronto gets out of the first round, I would not be surprised if Toronto goes very, very far. Yeah. i got to believe it to us. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's true too. That's the only thing with Toronto. That's why I didn't say Toronto going to yeah. win it. But don't say you didn't hear it here. Yeah. Okay. Who do, you, who do you have the Devils beating in the final? The Devils beating in the final, I think Edmonton's going to make a big run this <laughs> yeah. year. So you're yeah. like that Vancouver guy that everyone's going to hate. He's like, yeah. Yeah. why is this guy picking the Canadians? Yeah. That's, that's I not think it's yeah. honestly between Vegas, Edmonton, Avalanche, and Dallas. Also, yeah. Those are my four best in the West. Yeah. Again, with Edmonton as well, they don't have very strong goaltending. But with McDavid, you have the best in the world. With uh, yeah. Evander Kane, with Hyman, with yeah. Nuge. Like they're, they're attacking like their, their forward front forward six top six forwards are very very good they're solid yeah, yeah. yeah. alright so we mentioned mental fragility let's talk United oh, now jeez okay, <laughs> okay. Um, big result today so when we're recording this this is when they came back against Brentford Sco- yeah. Scotland McTominay Scot- popped yes. up yes, we're like yes. uh, it's 1-0 Amri's coming yeah. Amri's a United fan we're probably gonna have a depressing yeah. talk Listen, I'm United. just happy we have a United fan to talk to Yeah. because yeah. like, yeah. we and him are the only ones and he's the one that usually talks the shit in the group chat yeah but yeah, no. Uh, overall thoughts? Like, what did you expect? What happened with Anana? Like, we we up in a way we should have upgraded from goalie. Yeah, uh, but I think it's, it's it's early for him, especially he's adapting to the Premier League. Like as you saw, a lot of a lot of big stars when they when they come to the Premier League, it's it's very difficult. Other than you, if your name's Erling Holland, um, it's been very difficult to adapt. To like the, De Gea the when Premier he first League. came from Atletico, was exactly the same, thing. same thing. Right. Yeah. So we can't we can't uh, give him too much stick. He's very good on the ball. Don't get him wrong. Yeah, sometimes he gets him in trouble. Um, I know they're looking for new a new goalkeeper already. I wouldn't panic yet. Yeah, like yeah. even though we're United fans, and um, I think uh, the injuries are the key. The injuries right uh, with the Sancho situation. Um, I think we do need a few more players. We need a striker. I think we definitely need another striker. I know uh, Hoyland is fine, but yeah, like he's still young. Um, I need a center back. That's yeah, me. That I don't know true. why we didn't a go after Ken. Center back, yeah. yeah, yeah, because we we have some injuries, right? Like Varane has just come off from a long term injury, and uh, Martinez is is you know, injured, and you got Maguire not playing minutes too too often either. Um, yeah, so we do have some players that are missing. Um, I think our, set, our center of the park were very good. We have lots of talent in the center of the park. We added Amrabat, yeah. Yes. Are you, you're not on the team Ten Hag gets sacked, right? No. Okay, thank no. you. Okay, yeah. I'm not, I'm not a Ten Hag sign. Not yet, right? I believe in him. We can't do um, the whole every two years go fire. I agree. Yeah. yeah. yeah right? Like, right? I, I, listen, Klopp first came to Liverpool. He went backwards for one yeah. or two years and he went on to win. Yeah. We just happened, like, I think, first of all, the Glazers, 
Look at me started with that. Like yeah. I, I'm not saying that there's a reason why I know they're spending money, but the problem is they're spending money not on the right guys. Like yeah. City's spending money, but they're spending it on the right guys. Because yeah. Pep want, Pep wants those guys, right? Yeah. yeah. Like where our managers, like uh, I think Ole was like, okay, yo, get me, go get me Holland. No. Yeah. Regne comes in like, yo, Alvarez, this guy's gonna be stud. These other guys gonna be stud. No, they're going to City. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, so like for me, like that's where I still say we need a fresh start. I'm not sitting here saying Qatar will come in and buy everyone and they'll solve your problems because we saw that with PSG. It's yeah. not how it is. City are doing it, but like look at and even with PSG and you look at Chelsea even now, it's yeah. like they're doing the firing manager every two, three years. Yeah. And what's going to be a problem? Like, yeah, you want to sack tonight. The difference is the first year, the manager always looks good. It happened with Mourinho. It happened with Ole. It mm-hmm. happened now with Rangnick. Oh, sorry, um, with the Ten Hag. Yeah. But it's like, the second year comes, your the f- ownership stops supporting because like all the signing, like there was no reason for Amrabat to be a deadline day yeah. loan signing. Yeah, yeah. there's no reason for we-, we had to bring in Weghorst. Like yeah. we could have gotten Gakpo for forty mil, right? For me, that's the stuff that annoys me. For me, we gotta do what Arsenal did with Arteta, right? Because there's so many times where like Arteta could have been fired, mm-hmm. but then uh, he's stuck with it. Yeah, yeah, yeah he's stuck with 100%. it, and now they have a good young core that could be fighting for the next. Yeah. Two to three years I at think, least, maybe even five, six. I think today's victory, right? Especially after they lost the Champions League game, um, winning in the 90 plus minute, right? Last minute game winner. It's going to bring a lot of boost to not only the fans, the players, but in the changing room. So I think if we go on a little run right now, I would not be surprised if we go on a little streak. Yeah. Because that, that will change the mood, especially after you're losing... Um, the way we lost, the way we have been losing, yeah. And it, like we're playing better, but we're not, we're just not getting results. It's yeah. the mental fragility. The yeah. minute we let one goes. Last thing though, with the Ten Hag, and I agree with Jovin whenever he says on the podcast, he needs to game plan slightly better during the game. Like his subs are always late. Today was perfect. Mm-hmm. Like he did all the subs perfect. Yeah. Um, but yeah, other than that, it's like can we just get healthy and hopefully just get the run going? Yeah. And hopefully he plays the positions at the right place, guys. I don't think Anthony should be starting, but we all know he has a favorite. Yeah. He will be starting. And one in yeah. doubt, just put McTominay striker, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, what, that's how you do You watch on a consistent basis still? Or like, do you uh, get up at 7 a.m.? No, <laughs> not, not as much as I used to, especially in England. In England, I was just religiously Man United every game. Like everyone, doesn't matter what city you're in, you have United fans everywhere in England. And you'd go to a local pub or um, even at, at home, you'd watch. Um, so I was able to watch quite frequently while in England, and I plus it's it. during the daytime. It's during the daytime here. Sometimes games are at four a.m., seven yeah. a.m. And one of the things I don't like is how difficult it is to watch games here. We don't have the access how we used to, which I think uh, Canada needs to change that if you want to promote sport. Um, the MLS one is annoying. Exactly. Now, now they've changed it to MLS. It needs Apple to have TV. Apple TV. Like if yeah. you want the kids to. Um, be able to watch sports. You have to be. It has to have access to it's it. It's so right? stupid because like it's like oh MLS soccer is on. Like you know what? White Caps are doing good. Let me tune in. Now thankfully we got to watch the Wednesday game a little bit. But yeah. it's like the game was. I think one time I'm like, why is it Austin versus St. Louis? On? Yeah. Like when we have White Caps literally playing at the exact exact same, time, same like. time. So like you need to have the channels playing these games. Yeah. Right. Like if, especially for kids, like you want them to watch games. You want them to get involved in sport. Yeah. Look at hockey. You have hockey on Sportsnet. You have hockey on TSN, CBC, right? Yeah. Um, so you need to have soccer have that exposure like it used to back in the day. Yeah. Right? Get TSN back with getting Champions League games or putting the Whitecaps back on. Yeah. Or putting Man United, right? Yeah. Like you need our local channels to, to start putting soccer on. Yeah. So that way we can get not only art, like fans like us to watch it, but kids to watch the sport. Yeah. It's always a money thing though, at the end of the day. It's a money 100%. thing, yeah. Um, 
uh, VAR, you saw the latest VAR oh, situation. Man. What are your thoughts? How brutal is it? It should be a replay, right? Like as much as we hate Liverpool as United fans, and yeah, frankly, if they happened to Man United, no one would have cared. Yeah. Like the haters would have yeah. been. I'm still, f- integrity of the sport was very much questioned. You heard the audio, right? Yeah, I've heard the audio. Um, yeah, VAR is supposed to be there so that we don't make mistakes. Or yeah. offside so, especially. Yeah, so any mistake. So I'm still a little confused of how at such a high level, such a high g- game, it's two big teams, how such a big mistake could happen. And ruin the whole game. Exactly. So my question is, if that happened this time, who knows how many times it's already happened, right? Like yeah. we, we don't know. And that's what Gary Neville and, and Jamie Carragher were talking about. If it's already happened, now we know what happened. That Granacho one against ours. Yeah. So how, yeah. who knows how many mistakes there've been? Um, I'm yes, it makes the game a little bit exciting, but I love soccer naturally without VAR. Yeah. Like that's how we don't get the luxury of having VAR in our games, right? Yeah. Back in the day, if a referee makes a mistake, the referee has made a mistake, right? I think if they made it simple, where the goal line technology was there, um, that's perfect. Like that that is perfect, perfect, right? Like. I think uh, I love the the amount of like like look at the um, Maradona's goal right yeah. the yeah, hand yeah. of God right that that that's we remember that forever right so it's, it's <laughs> made, it made it made it made but the England sport fans unique. probably hate that yeah, <laughs> exactly England but it's, it. it's that's what made soccer so entertaining yeah, right yeah. you have mistakes being made right um, yeah that's the thing is I understand if you mess up penalties or red cards right because yeah. those are like. You know, everyone has their own opinion on that. But like offside is just... Offside is black and white. Yeah, it's It black should be and black white. and white. Yeah. yeah. It's like, that one was just straight up communication. Up. I don't yeah. know how... They thought it was onside, I think. So they're like, yeah, it's yeah. good to go. And yeah. But the fact that they're like... the ref, It was so quick. Yeah. yeah. Like, and the fact so that the ref, they're like, we can't stop it because the ref continued. Yeah. I think that's bullshit. Because like when we watch hockey and there's a goal and then like five minutes... like. They go upstairs. Seconds. No, like 30 seconds a minute later, a goal horn sounds. Yeah. It's a goal, so go back and redo the clock. It should be the same thing here. Yeah. Like, I understand it's not the natural way, but it's the integrity of the game yeah. at the end of the day, right? Um, yeah. Uh, your top five all-time uh, that you have seen play. Uh, so, like, you can't... Like, if you haven't seen, like, Pele okay. play in the prime, you yeah. don't say Pele. But, like, your top five currently slash... Soccer players? Yeah, soccer players. Soccer players? Uh, Neymar. Neymar's amazing. No, but uh, just go ahead and, like, order uh, like five, you want to go for five, or you want to go for number one? It doesn't that's up to you because you already know you're one and two, I think. That's okay. So, this is a tough question. Um, I go number one, Neymar. When I watched him live, he was something special like how he glides on the field, he enjoys playing soccer. He's my number one. Um, just I to keep in mind, this is not his the I, goat list, no, this is his preference. This is my yeah. that I've watched live. I haven't yeah. watched Messi and by uh, live, Ronaldo. I mean not in person, but like TV. As oh, well. TV, yeah, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Like, not, I meant to say, like, your top five that you've seen play doesn't like matter. Your favorite players, you've your favorite, not that I've yeah. seen play, play soccer yeah. on TV yeah. or anywhere, anywhere, yeah. yeah. Okay, that changes it up. Yeah, uh, yeah. Messi's number one, yeah, the and way then, he's been playing. Then I go Ronaldo, yeah, okay, see, I knew it. Okay, wait, out of the three, Ronaldo, number three, I would go Neymar. Um, and I've seen, I've like I said, seen him live as well. So uh, the way he plays, just he glides on the field. So those are my top three. Um, four, just a tough question. I'd say Modric, a center mid, the way he plays the game. Modric or Tony Cruz, like the way they play the game is just so simple. Um, I I love watching them play, even at this age. And then fifth, um, that's a great question. Uh, who else would I be? Mbappe. 
Okay. Just how exciting, how fast that guy is, is it's exciting to watch. Like, so you definitely want more recent than yeah. Some of those are my five. Those are my top five. Um, I would give a special shout out though to Zidane. Okay. I named my dog after Zidane. Zizu. <laughs> um, so I you're a Real Madrid fan, clearly. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but he he was very good and entertaining to watch. So you're well. hoping for Mbappe to show up in that next year? I would love to see Mbappe at Real Madrid. Him and Jude. No. Yeah, Jude's yeah. been on fire. Ten, yeah. ten goals in ten games. He scored yeah. again today. He's bond. He should be bond or favorite for next year, like the next this season. At this rate, yeah. if he keeps this up, definitely. Win Very it. quickly, um, Holland or Messi with Ballon d'Or coming Messi. up at the end of the month. Messi, Messi. Messi. You win a World Cup and what he's doing in MLS, um, unmatched. Your goal is to probably go see a Miami game next I year. I want to, but it's it's so difficult. You don't know. I think he recently got injured. You don't know. Yeah, because like a play, lot of Chicago fans play. are like, oh shit. Maybe yeah, you don't know when or where he's gonna play. And it's just unfortunate that even next year, we don't know if he's going to come to Vancouver or if Vancouver plays Miami because they're in the East. Um, so it'll be interesting. I definitely want to see see Messi play. It'll be a little bit more difficult to see Ronaldo play. Um, but again, the Euros are happening. So I want to see before I die, Messi and Ronaldo yeah. play. Yeah, and yeah. you're at the last stage. <laughs> yeah, so watching those uh, guys. All right, last thing before we close it out. Yeah. You're going to build your perfect soccer player. I know you've seen the Derek pod. Yeah. So it's kind of similar vibe. You kind of have a head start. Okay. So your your things are body slash height. That, that is one. Okay. Athleticism. Left foot, right foot. So that's each, one each. Okay. Um, pace. Heading ability. So that could be for goals, clearances, etc. Okay. Uh, defending. Again, overall defense. Yeah. Uh, playmaking. This includes um, free kicks and corner kicks. Um, dribbling. Jeez, a lot. Uh, shot and scoring. Again, includes free kicks. Okay, and you're gonna have to repeat all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll go one by one. Yeah, okay. And then, and then the brain, the mentality. So okay. we'll start off with the body slash height. So that uh, the reason why I laid it all out is so that you don't like. Yeah. Uh, so you, no, and you can't repeat as well. Okay. That's why. So can't repeat. Body so, slash height. I would go with Ibra. Ibrahimovic, not Derek's. <laughs> <laughs> not Derek's. Yeah, yeah. yeah. body slash height. Ibrahimovic, even at this age, that physique is yeah. uh, is is amazing. Yeah, everyone in right? the prime, by the way. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, athleticism. Athleticism. I would go with Ronaldo. Um, left foot. Messi. Right foot. The right foot of. That's amazing right foot. Um, I would go Juninho. Okay, okay. Yes. I was a left field, but <laughs> Juninho. You watch if you if people that don't know Juninho, YouTube Juninho. Um, it's either you can go as right. Actually, yeah. You know what? I'm gonna change that. I'm gonna go Juninho on free kicks on a right foot of Steven Gerrard. Okay, so Steven Gerrard. Steven right Gerrard, yeah. Janino on free kicks. So free that's kick shot, specialist. shot is what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, pace. Mbappe. Uh, heading fast. ability. Oh, this would be a good Ronaldo one too. Um, in the air, Van Dyke. I think Van Dyke oh, is okay. very good. Yeah. Yeah. going to go speed it, man. No, Van Dyke. <laughs> Van Dyke's a good, very good in the air. Um, defending overall. Defending. So that could be aerial, one-on-one, etc. Uh, Positioning. Good in that too. Um, I would go Maldini. Okay. Paolo Maldini. So playmaking. Um, I would go with playmaking. There's a lot of options. Like I already mentioned, Modric, Cruz. Um, I would go uh, Andre Pirlo. 
Pirlo. Okay. Pirlo, yeah. The way he glided, he didn't have much pace, but still to be able to do that without the pace, he was just amazing. Ozil, I'll give him a shout out, a shout out for yeah. that too. He's very good. Dribbling. Neymar. Neymar. Okay. Yeah. Uh, shot, you said Janino yeah. already. And then the brain, the men- mental side. The Scanning brain. the field and all that stuff. That's IQ. important as a, as a center mid. I think Zidane. Zidane? Zidane, yeah. Okay. Genius. So, so your final soccer player is yeah. you got the height slash body of Ibrahimovic with yeah. Ronaldo's athleticism, which is already scary. Yeah. Already with scary, Messi's yeah. left foot, yeah, and uh, right foot of Gerard. Gerard. Yeah, you got Mbappe's pace on that with Vidic's uh, aerial ability. Uh, Van Dijk. Sorry, Van Dijk's aerial aerial ability. Um, defending of Maldini. Yeah, playmaking of Pirlo with Neymar's dribble, shot of Janino, all with uh, who's bringing? Zidane's, Zidane's brain. Zidane's brain. So that's yeah. an amazing player. Yeah, yeah. made the best player. Yeah, the you guys, could, whoever's watching this, you guys could comment. Jeevan, did Jeevan make the better player? Did Amr make the better player, or did uh, Derek make the better player? So check that out. Uh, we'll try to clip these and put it out as well. Yeah. So it's much easier to find. But so that's your perfect soccer player. That is my perfect. Soccer okay. Player. Uh, any other sports you want to talk about? Or are you you get there? I, I know a lot about hockey. Believe it or not, I'm big. <laughs> yeah, like I I said, tell, big yeah. hockey yeah, fan. Yeah. Like uh, even after this today, I have my uh, fantasy pool. Um, double champ in the last three years. <laughs> by the way, give that big shout out there. Um, yeah, so I'm big hockey guy. Um, I am just a sports yeah. sports fan in general. Just yeah, like you guys, yeah. I love I love watching sports. I love playing sports. I love being around people that love sports. Um, we should bring and him on uh, back again. Yeah. Back yeah. If you want to talk sports, I, we'll bring you I back just, on. I just love sports. Just full man. analyst summer right now. Yeah. 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 Uh, all right. So last couple of things before we close it off. Advice for any younger athletes and coaches and maybe young, even physios out there that you would like to give? Uh, my biggest advice is get involved in any sport you like. It doesn't have to be soccer. It doesn't have to be hockey. I know we've talked about that a lot in this podcast. Um, there's so many benefits of being involved in sport like we talked about today. So whether you're a kid, whether you're an adult, um, it's never too late to get involved in sports. Um, there's so many positive things that you can learn. There's so many positive people you can meet. Um, so if my biggest advice would be is get involved in some sport, um, whatever you guys enjoy, whether it be weightlifting or whatever, whatever sport it is, there's so many positive things that you can get out of sports yeah gym accounts by the way yeah. gym accounts yes <laughs> uh coachings any advice for young coaches or aspiring coaches um my advice for coaches would be get your licenses doesn't matter what coaching uh what sport you're coaching or what level you're coaching you by continuing your education you're always going to learn a thing or two so go back get your licenses get your education um and uh, continue doing that because you'll learn not only from other people, you'll learn from other players, you'll learn from these courses. Um, so get your education um, and you'll be surprised what you learn. All right. That's Words of Wisdom by Amr. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so last thing, just plug your stuff. If people want to reach out to you, where yeah. can they find you? So you can either find me on the soccer field <laughs> <laughs> at Newton Park, at South Surrey Athletic Park. No, I'm usually at Sun God. So um, um, at Physio, like uh, you guys said, at Sun God Physio, I'm there five days a week inside the rec center. Um, otherwise, you'll see me um, somewhere, like I said, on the soccer yeah, field. Soccer field. Uh, yeah. Social media wise, I could probably reach you out on Instagram. I'm yeah, assuming. Instagram, um, a underscore mander 10. Um, that would be probably the easiest way to get a hold of me. Um, but yeah, if you see me at the gym, if you see me at the soccer field, or you see me at Sun God, or, or whatever you guys see me, um, 
just say hi. <laughs> and uh, if you have any advice for me, um, I'm always willing to, to listen. Um, but uh, thank you guys for taking your time out. I've uh, I've thoroughly enjoyed this. But for for the viewers is um, what you guys have been doing. It's it's very good to see. Um, not only for to get you guys out of your guys's comfort zone, yeah, yeah. but uh, advocating people not only like myself, but um, local local athletes. Um, uh, local people of our community, our Punjabi community especially, um, you guys are doing a very good job. Um, so I appreciate it, and I know uh, other people are are watching you guys. So it's great to see, and that's why it's an honor for me to be on this podcast. And um, uh, I hope that you guys continue to see your guys' success, um, and I look forward to seeing what uh, you guys have in store. Because just like myself and everyone else is. Um, you never know what's going to happen with you guys, right? Yeah, we appreciate so, that a lot, man. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. And uh, we were talking about this before is look what happened to Full Send and and then they're, they started their podcast and they're, they have big f- people like Donald Trump and all those <laughs> yeah, guys yeah, on yeah. it. So who knows what you have in store for you guys. But uh, it's it's great to see two Punjabi local guys doing this, um, going out of your guys' comfort zone, um, pursuing this. So... Um, Kudos to you guys. Yeah. Thank you for having me on uh, on the podcast. Well, thank yeah, you pre- for coming. Yeah, thank appreciate you for a lot for sure. Yeah. Um, his Instagram uh, will be down below in the description. Check out Sun God. You get a free shirt. <laughs> <laughs> could, that's him for him to decide. That's right? him yeah. to decide. Um, no. Uh, once again, appreciate you, Omer. Um, yeah. Maybe we could do this again in the future if you want to talk some sports. But absolutely. Uh, everybody else from uh, that's watching, we appreciate you guys, and we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. Peace. I'm just very shiny. I hope like you, you're good at editing. Huh? Oh, you're not? <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> my skin is like so shiny on here. No, if anything, he's gonna put more brightness into no, it. No, no. Make sure my, I'm not sc- uh, shiny. Yeah, I'll try my best, bro. Yeah, I'm telling yeah, you right yeah. now. Don't expect. Don't expect much. <laughs> <laughs>